All right, welcome to Creative Outcomes, where we share the best of the best of what works in agency, operations, finance, and growth. I'm one of your hosts. I'm a partner at Upsource. My name is Ryan Watson. Joining me today is Meredith Pickrell. Meredith, how are we doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. Meredith, what are we talking about today? Yeah, we're going to talk about sales, the, the sales function in agencies. It's been coming up a lot this week. And so when things pop up a few times, we're going to record it. Let's talk about it. Yeah. And this is definitely a hot, this is definitely a hot button. We've, we've, we've had uh, episodes about this in the past, but we thought, okay, well, let's address this. But the one, you know, the one thing I will say is unlike some of the, the, the content that we create where we have very specific recommendations, do this, don't do this, you know, we're, we're lecturing. There are no silver bullets in the world of, you know, how do you build the right sales motion for agencies? So we thought, well, let's just make this a conversation. Meredith, let's, you know, we can go back and forth on some of the things that we are observing that are working well and some of the things that we observe that maybe don't work as well. And you can use that to inform your own choices. Uh, but again, there's no explicit playbook for how to make this work. Every business is a little different. All right. So where do you want to start? Where, where do we, what, what, what do we, where do we, where do we enter this topic? Let's start with the question that I've received this week and then kind of see where we go from there. I have clients that are in this like, $3 million range. Historically, it's been the owner using their network to bring in deals. Um, and as right now, as pipeline has slowed down a little bit this year, they're looking to see, okay, how do I go? I've already used my network. Now, what do I do? Where do I go from here? Is it uh, a marketing uh, team member? Is it a lead gen service? Do I go apply for awards? Like, What is the strategy? What is my strategy? And, and what should I do? Well, so let me say this, and, and, and obviously, you know, M Meredith, you, you see a bunch of data points, so you can weigh into. But I, the first thing I'll say, I think I've, I said this to you separately at one point, Meredith, and I've said this like maybe on podcasts before, but I kind of view this question a lot like, okay, so I need to go generate revenue. I, I analogize that to, in my personal life, I want to go get in shape, right? And this agonization over this question around what should I invest in? is a lot like saying, okay, I want to get in shape, but like, should I get a gym membership? Or like, maybe I'll go buy a bike? Like, should I really get into biking? Or you know what, swimming has always been a thing. Like, I wonder, am I good at swimming? Like, would I know how to do that? Or I guess I'll just go run. Like, the reality is, there are a lot of strategies that can work. And in my experience, it's about finding the strategy that is the best fit with your skill sets and interests, the thing that you're passionate about, a thing that you'll continue with, and focusing on and getting good at that. There are plenty of agencies that have gotten really good at creating content and generate inbound interest via content to lead magnet to appointment to booking, and for others where generating content or not having a unique or they don't have a unique point of view or whatever where that maybe feels a lot less natural where that wouldn't work right so my, my attitude is i don't believe they're you know the most typical is creating an outbound uh sales function right to, to and we could talk about this next but to augment your own efforts with some additional efforts but that is not the only way to skin this and i would just say Go with your gut and pick something and whatever it is, do it, right? The, the one thing that doesn't work is like, oh, well, you know what? Maybe I'll just create content. So like I put up a blog and then like I write something a couple of times 
a month and then one time the next month and then zero times the next month because I just like lost interest. Half-assing anything isn't going to work. So pick something and do it. I often see like uh, clients that will hire lead gen service and then what's the appropriate amount of time to see a payoff? Because it's like they get into that eight-month time period and they're not really seeing any ROI on that. And then it's like, do I do I, do I end this? Do I keep going? Do I like, do you have an opinion on what that, that length of time is? Well, let me say that, uh, two things. One boy, the length of time is really tricky. It's, it's a, it's a big function of like getting the messaging, right? Like for instance, I, you know, I ran a media agency and by the way, media, uh, is a, a more straightforward sale, right? In, in a traditional creative sale, it's a very customized pitch, right? This is relationship oriented. I'm trying to get in the door, but the, the sale looks like a pitch. I've got the creative director. I've got the owner. I've got a strategist. And we are building a very custom vision for how we would bring your thing to life. And we're, we're head to head with a couple of other agencies or whatever. In media, it's a much more transactional sale, right? Like there's not a lot of, uh, especially if you're not doing the creative and you're just doing the buying, much more straightforward and a lot more of the sale can go to, uh, you know, the seller. But anyway, in that case, even with a more transactional sale, I'd say it took us a good nine to 12 months to get a seller fully ramped. And that doesn't mean they didn't have any production along the way. Uh, so it's a matter of setting expectations, but it would take the full nine months to get ramped. But I'll tell you, for what it's worth, I have never, and this is no shade to our friends and partners who do uh, outsource lead gen, I've never seen it work. I've done it a couple of times for multiple businesses. I've never seen it work. But let me tell you why I don't think it works, and I'm as much to blame as anybody else, is that, again, I think we're all too ready or too eager to like write a check and solve our problem. So it's like, oh, outsource lead folks. Hey, I'm an agency. Like, Can you just get me leads? And of course, they, like, it doesn't. If you're not engaged in the process, like you're not really engaged on what is the messaging, how are we pitching the, you know, like how are we, how are we pitching this? Are you joining the initial calls? Like if you just sort of say like, hey, you know, just go figure this out, they, they don't they don't have the they don't have the incentive, they don't have the expertise. It's just it's not going to work. And I would say too often we just sort of like assume that, oh, well, because we're paying them, this is just going to magically rain leads. Zero percent is my observed success rate on that strategy. We have, I think we have a couple clients that it's, it's working for, but. My observed, my observed, again, I'm not saying it can't work. And I'm sure that where it is working, it's a true partnership. Again, I think it's just it's 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 not that these folks aren't any good. They're doing the exact same thing like the fo- the people who are doing this in house are. It's just it's unfortunately often a little bit of adverse selection. The kind of clients who go and choose that are the ones who are looking for an easy fix, and that isn't that is not the the strategy. So for where it's working, it's got to be. I'm sure it's a partnership. Yeah, it's an extension of your team. It's not just this outsource like go fix my problems. You have to be a, a team with it. Okay, let's, can we talk about some other options of, okay, I'm a a business owner, I've got 3 million in revenue, I've been, you know, selling independently, I need help, and I don't know where that help comes from. So if it's not lead gen, what are some of my other options? Yeah, well, so 
I guess a couple things I'll say. One is, um, I think it's at least it's it's at least important to um, to think about what are you trying to do? Like, what kind of what kind of sale are you making? So, if you are again, we work with some folks that have more. Um, uh, consistently easier pack, you know, more productized offerings like SEM, uh, even to some degree SEO, uh, paid advertising, that kind of stuff. If that, in, and it looks more like a consistent sales message, it's not highly, I mean, it's, it's customized, but you know, Facebook ad buying is, is often Facebook ad buying. So, um, you've got to ask yourself, like, where are you on that sort of like highly custom, highly productized spectrum? Because I think that changes a great degree of like what is the what is the sales motion right? If you're further on the productized uh, sales, then I think like a a good inbound sales, like decently high volume. I'm trying to you know get you know I'm I'm sending emails to book appointments to to have a couple of sales conversations and demo and then sit and then close um, versus. Like if you, you know, if you go to the large creative agencies, it's, it's, you're, you're almost never going to see like a large sales team. That's not, it's, you don't have a bunch of sellers running around. You have a, you know, especially relative as a, as a ratio of revenue, you have relatively few number of business development people. And that's because it's, it's a relationship game, right? Like ultimately you're, you're, you're spending a lot of effort to try to land a, meeting or get invited to an RFP at one of these larger enterprises. And then the sales motion is, is highly custom and very, very, very team and owner heavy, right? You're bringing your best team there. Um, and again, like in a lot of these, these kinds of businesses, it, it's the, the holy grail is having large clients with a bunch of follow-on work, right? And so like, for instance, you know, we have a, a large client, who you know will do tens of millions of, of revenue this year, and if we look at their back half revenue, I want to say it's like less than ten percent of that revenue is going to come from new logos, and the greater than ninety percent is going to come from follow-on work with existing logos, and and that ratio is why I want a business development person to try to build relationships with large folks, and then my team is winning the work, my team is winning new work. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that's something that I've seen happen more in the last six months or eight months that we've had conversations around with my clients. It's like, how is your account executive or PM, whoever's client facing and whatever you, we have clients that call them all different things, but like working with that client every day, client facing, how are they nurturing that relationship? And then once a project is over, going like continuing to have that relationship to get more work out of them in the future, where be- I felt it's it's been more like hands off where now it's like okay the entire team we're all focused on sales we're all focused on on biz dev and and educating your your team to like build and nurture those relationships well and I think you're what we're describing is like this is the kind of stuff that like this is how agencies grow right is by by leveraging the quality of your work and your account team to find new projects and sell new work the last couple of years, I think we've, we've had the luxury of not maybe having to get as good at that because there's so much business out there, right? The last two years were crazy, right? So we, we maybe got into some bad habits where we weren't focusing on some of the fundamentals that are just kind of like part of, you know, growing agencies. And now we kind of have to do that. So 
I, I agree with you, especially if you're an agency that has these like, you know, Fortune 1000 or at least kind of enterprise grade clients. That is, that's your sales engine, right? Like that's predominantly where new revenue is going to come from and new logos are, are going to be a minority. Um, so, so yeah, I, I would agree with you. The, the other thing I, I, I would go back though. And so you're, you asked the question, like, what do I do as a $3 million agency? And I'm looking for whatever. So my first point was like, okay, well, figure out where you are. That's going to inform what you need to hire. Um, I'd say if you find yourself on the more transactional side, uh, it's, it's a little bit more straightforward. And I do think the majority of the, the folks we work with have figured that out. Like that's a little bit of an easier nut to crack. If you're a $3 million creative agency, where the the sale looks more custom, more of a pitch, more you know relationship oriented. I think that's where we find the most folks trying to struggle with like, oh my gosh, okay, so like, what do I do from here? I mean, I'd say again, I'm curious what you think, but like uh, the first thing I've said this already in in relation to like outsource lead folks, but this is true if you're hiring somebody internally as well. If your mentality is I, I'm a $3 million agency and I just need to hire a salesperson because like, I'm not good at this or I don't like this or, or I don't want to do this anymore. And you're just going to hand the keys over and not think about sales anymore. I can just tell you that is not going to work. Like it's, it's, it's not going to work at all. If it, your clients who are hiring that three or $4 million agency, they expect to meet the owner, right? You're a big part of this thing. And so you're, you're, that doesn't mean that you have to do every element of the sales process but you are going to have to be a really big part of the sales motion. You're going to have to be on the call. You're, a, you're front and center on this pitch. And I'd say that's one area where we see things you know, fall down. But that doesn't mean that you can't hire help, right? Like it doesn't mean that you can't hire somebody to help identify leads, right? Who's, you know, who's working whatever sources like LinkedIn to try to identify targets. doesn't mean that you can't leverage them to send some emails, and, and help book some appointments. It, it doesn't mean that you can't help somebody to just kind of manage sales ops, like to make sure that we're looking at pipeline consistently. We're setting goals. We, we are, we are continuing a momentum. It's not feast or famine. It's not like I wake up in a cold sweat because I don't have a lot of business. So on Friday I come in and I like do a lot of effort and then I feel better. And then I stop, right? Like, so somebody to make sure that we're continuing to do a consistent amount of effort. That is all very much within the the sort of need set of like that three to five million dollar agency but again i would just caution they're not going to be able to do everything it's not as if they're just going to generate revenue for you that you get to deliver you're still going to really have to live and breathe sales unfortunately that's the business i mean sales is it and and there it's hard for you as an owner to to, to leave it does that make sense yeah i agree we've talked a lot about this like three million dollar agency do we want to hit on like what it looks like bef in my mind, you know, we, we talked about the archetypes and so like, do we, this is build mode, by the way, this is just $3 million, just pre pre grow mode. <laughs> do, do we go back? Do we talk about the, like the 1 million, like what the $1 million agency create mode? I got, I, I, it's, it's you like if you're a great mode agency, I mean, truly like I, you know, hard, hard truth, whatever. The, the business is sales. Like it just is. I mean, I know that so many creatives do not get into business because they want to sell. I didn't necessarily get into running an accounting firm because I love to sell, but I realized very quickly that, oh my gosh, like the selling is a disproportionate amount of the effort. 
to the delivery and you have to figure out a way to package yourself and to sell. And you can't outsource that. Now, you could certainly find a partner who you can lean on who's better at that or who enjoys it more. But there's no way you're going to be able to get somebody who can sell this thing on your behalf. Like as if this is true for the three, the three million dollar folks as well. Like, so in my, at my agency, we hired media sellers and our media sellers were $150,000 base and $150,000 commission. So they're $300,000 all in assuming they hit their target. Many of them exceeded their target. So these people are well north of 300,000. That this was not the most lucrative. We were not a large agency. We were like 10 million or so at this phase. There are places for these people to make much more money. And so you have to put that in perspective, right? Like if you are a really amazing dynamic seller, you can make 3, 4, 500,000 dollars a year. So if you're a 3 million dollar agency and you're like I need to hire a seller and I'm going to pay them 80, right? I think you have to put in perspective what you're going to get for that. And again, at 80 or 100 or 120, you can get somebody who can assist you, who can hold your hand through the process, who can keep you organized, who can book appointments. But you're not going to get this rainmaker who can just like be the face of your agency. If you found that person, they, they would be making a lot more money doing something else, right? So – that's what you just have to realize. So again, if you can't afford it, you just have to be it. You got to do it. You got to figure that out or you have to hire somebody who can hold your hand and assist you while you do you. Yeah, I agree. The one thing I want to point out at like that $1 million phase is I often see like the owners wearing all of these different hats and they're like, they're hustling to sell a bunch of work. They land the work and then they're like, oh, how am I going to service this? So now they're focused on servicing it and they're forgetting about their future selves. So if you are in that that phase, you've got to be consistent on the, the sales. Even when you're like buried and underwater and work, you just have to continue to be consistent or else you'll find yourself, your three-month future self in a very dry. You often see revenue up and down, really, really choppy. Such a hallmark of that build mode. Like that's the, you know, we talk about the hierarchy of needs and build mode and the fifth and final step is repeatable revenue generation. And often repeatable revenue generation comes with either figuring out a way to continue, like to to continue your efforts, keep keep disciplined at keeping the sales flywheel going, even when your service spikes or getting help, right? Like, by the time you get to that, you know, three million, you're now you should certainly be generating enough margin where you should be able to delegate a pretty substantial part of the, the delivery. Maybe your face is involved in the onboarding or whatever, but also maybe even some sales ops help to make sure that even though your focus has now moved over here, we don't take our foot off the gas to keep it going, right? So I guess maybe the last thing, I know we've talked a lot, um, and I, I feel like it's mostly, uh, I, I feel like I'm feeling pessimistic. I don't, I don't mean to, to suggest like, it's all impossible and change your expectations, but I, I, I'm a realist. And so I, I, I don't want people to think like, oh, this is just really easy. I can just, again, write a check and my problem goes away. I mean, there's a reason that, there's a reason that agencies are really valuable. Right? There's a reason that like when you get a five or a $10 million agency, you can sell it for seven or eight figures is hard, right? And this is the hardest part. So 
if it were easy, everybody would do it. I guess maybe let's talk finally uh, about uh, like pitfalls. Common like, okay, so we're at the three million or the four million, whatever the phase is where we often are lifting our heads and say we've maxed out. We got to get some help in here. I'm making a hire. I would say similar to my experience with outsourced lead gen folks, I also see first-time sales hires fail, where I hire a person, I've got great expectations, I spent a bunch of money on them for six to 12 months, and then they trit out whether I let them go or they leave. So why do we think, what are some things you see? I can share some things I see. Like, what do you think are some reasons why this happens? I mean, to go back to your point earlier, the the what you're able to pay them it, and like as you're paying for what you're getting. And then also just like having a, a really strong understanding, like the owner sells the business really well because they, they put their heart, sweat and blood and tears into this product where like when you're hiring someone outside, they don't have that same understanding and depth of knowledge of the actual, like the product that's being sold. So I think that sometimes can lead to it. Um, and then also just like the long-term, a lot of this is relationship based and like really having those strong relationships. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you kind of nailed it. I mean, the, 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 the ex, the salary thing is, is probably more a function of mismatched expectations than anything else. I mean, again, it's, if you can pay what you can pay and I'm not suggesting that you can't get a lot of value at the 80,000 or a hundred thousand piece that, that salary. But you have to be very clear. You have to set the right expectations for what it is you are getting at that stage and what you're not getting. And so, uh, yeah, it's having like the wrong expectations going in and also the wrong expectations for how fast this thing happens, this stuff happens, right? Like it's, it's, as I told you, I mean, we, we had a transactional sale and it would take almost 12 months for, I mean, I, I would say our, our sellers didn't get their full commission in any quarter for the first year. Uh, and then by the second year, they kind of had it figured out. It takes a long time. It takes a long time. And if you're investing in like marketing or other things, that takes even longer. So it's just, you just really have to be in it for the long haul. Um, and, and I would say the, the, um, the thing I, I mentioned earlier, which is it's, it's mismatched expectations and it's, it's, uh, it's just, it's le- it's exiting the process too early. Again, it's just you just have to put yourself on the other side of the of the of the sale. And if if you know if you're going to a WPP publicist agency, sure, you're, you're expecting some type of team. But if you're going to a smaller agency, sub ten million, like part of why you're doing it is because of the people, like the specific people. And it ain't the salesperson. <laughs> it's you. That you are the reason. You and your team and the wonderful work you've done and the culture and the things that drive you. These are all things that's just so hard for a person who has not been part of this business for very long to convey. So you're going to have to help them do that. Cool. All right. I think that's a wrap. I, we cover it? Yeah. I mean, this was, these are longer than our normal ones, so we should – let, let the people go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. Well, thanks for hanging with us. Yeah, thanks for hanging with us. If you like what we're, you're seeing, go ahead and subscribe on YouTube. Check out all our other videos. We just published something about the life cycle of creative agency, which was very helpful on the path to sort of maturation. And otherwise, see you next time.